Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jock Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 41, people. I hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as me and Big Joe and the Big Reed give you the latest on who? Your first place Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Your first place Dallas Cowboys. Yet another 20-point blowout win. This time over the hated Fly Eagles Fly Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we got everything you want to know about that game. But first, you know, it is the Christmas season. If you're looking for a stocking stuffer, your boy got you. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders in the making of men, makes a wonderful stocking stuffer. Or you can wrap it up and give it as a real gift. It don't matter. Either way is good. Uh, I spent the 2022 season at Jackson State with Deion, full access to the program. And if you want to know why he had a huge recruiting year, uh, weekend and why he got the best offensive lineman in the nation coming to Colorado next year. The charismatic reasons are all in my book. Uh, so check it out. It's a, it's a fun read. It's a good read. And it'll actually teach you a lot about how coaches uh, get it done during the week uh, leading up to games. Uh, but anyway, check it out. Deion Sanders and the Make It of Men. You can find it on uh, Amazon, uh, Walmart, wherever you get books, you can find it. It's it, just like him. It's, uh, it ain't hard to find. Uh, also want to tell you, you can follow me on Twitter, JJT Journalist. If you think you follow me, you don't. My account got deleted. That's a long story that we will discuss at some point. But uh, follow me, JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor. Now, we can't make this happen without my friends at Green and Law. Now, you're going to get yelled at if you don't already have a phone number in your phone. 972-934-8900. Now, just the other day, real talk now, somebody got involved in an accident. And you know what they did? They pulled out their phone. They said, hey, they punched in the number. And they said, hey, here's my situation. What do y'all think? JJT told me to call y'all if I was ever in a situation like this, so I'm calling. And you know what the green team said? They said, we think you got a case. And so they added them as a client. It's a great day for them. Why? Because Green and Law going to grind for you. They're going to work for you. They're going to lead you through this long, tedious, complicated, sometimes intimidating, scary process. Because that's what they do. They hold your hand through the process so that what? You can focus on rest and renewal. Get your mind right. Get your body right. Get back to your life. Now, you say, hey, Green and Law is a big, successful law firm. Where am I on their priority list? you number one on their priority list. You know why? They don't get paid unless you get paid. It behooves them, as my mama used to say, to do the absolute very best they can do for you because they're not getting a cent, not a penny, not a nickel, not a quarter, unless you get a cent. So there, you're always at the top of their priority list. So if you're ever involved in an accident, it's not your fault. Somebody else's negligence. And it's not at your house. You're at a business. It's medical malpractice. Any of that. You've been injured. It's not your fault. Pick up the phone and call them. 972-934-8900. And 
punch that number in your phone. So at the moment of truth, you ain't got to think about it. Make life easy for yourself. One more thing about greening law. You ain't got to take your boy's word for nothing. You really don't. Now, I tell you the truth, but you don't have to take my word. You can go to their website, greeninglaw.com. You see all the good work that they're doing in the community. You can see what other clients say about them. You can see all the different ways they can help you. So, once again, give them a call, 972-934-8900, or check out their website, greeninglaw.com. If you've ever got an issue, an accident that wasn't your fault, and you've been injured. Kind of like that Philadelphia offense. Maybe Jalen Hurst said that Philadelphia offense need to call the green team before they get out of Dallas tonight, man, because they got busted up pretty good tonight. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he need to call the green team most definitely. They can they can help him out because <laughs> it, it looked like he'd been in an accident the way he got beat up tonight. No, it was, a, uh, it was a terrific performance overall for the Dallas Cowboys. They did what they needed to do in this game. Now, I, I told you all all week, last week, uh, my boy Clarence E. Hill Jr. disagreed a little bit, as he is wont to do. That's W-O-N-T, want to do. But I just, I just yeah, don't know the, how the, they could lose. The E stand for every time he get a chance, he going to disagree. You know what? That's a good one. We need to save that one for him. Uh, I just felt like there was no Cowboys could lose this game and then not, have a dev- not take a devastating toll on them. I just, I just couldn't see it, and I'm going to go through it real quick once again. Because heading into this game, into this game, they had, since the San Francisco debacle, they had destroyed everybody they played, basically. Um, they lost one game. That was to Philadelphia, 28-23, to and they had the ball on the six-yard line, two minutes left, and blew that opportunity. So they could have easily won that game or, or taken a lead and, you know, see if the defense could hold on. Um, they had been unstoppable at home. Uh, they had won 14 in a row. They won five games by 20 points at the crib. And I just, and they had been 0-2 against the only, I'm using air quotes even though you can't see me, only two good teams they had played, San Francisco, Philadelphia. So if you're playing as good as they had been playing and you lose to Philadelphia, which is coming, which is playing its fourth consecutive terrific opponent, um, Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco. Now they got you. They got beat up physically by San Francisco last week. You had 10 days to get ready for them. Like, if you can't win this game, I mean, damn, when you going to ever beat them? So I thought that they would win. I really did for all the reasons I just told you. But I was very pleased, not that they care, that they came out and they asserted themselves early, dog. And they're like, yo, we here. We're coming out strong. We're coming out hard. Y'all, y'all just going to have to deal with us today. And so I thought that first drive uh, was a tone setter for the entire game. Uh, it wasn't why they won the first drive, but I thought it set a tone and it let everybody on Philadelphia's team know we're here to play today. What would you think? Yeah, you know, the, the thing I thought about the, the the Cowboys and the Eagles, you get the feeling when they play the 49ers that it's a lot of nerves, they're not real confident, but I never thought that they were scared of the Eagles. You know, like like we were talking about, like you said earlier, they kind of beat themselves against them before. It never really was the Eagles beating them down. So when you don't have, you know, when, when the team don't make you nervous and you don't have no fear and you just go out and play them, yeah, it's possible to do this type of thing. So that that would be my point. They they never were scared. Like not like 
pro players get scared, but you know what I'm saying. They, it wasn't the same. It's not the same as playing the 49ers. Uh, I told that I think I discussed that on uh, the media match, which I do uh, on Dallas Cowboys radio on Wednesdays and Thursdays, uh, and I do it all. I do it with Clarence, and there's another and Newey Scruggs, and then there's a third person who rotates in either Yah Side Yusuf uh, from the Athletic or Nick Harris from DallasCowboys.com. Uh, but I believe I was talking to them this week, and I basically said the exact same thing you said because somebody was like, well, you know, Philadelphia is this and San Francisco. I said the mentality that they have toward Philadelphia and San Francisco is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, like, they have zero f- – if you told them, hey – and Dak even said this already. If you told them, hey, uh, you're going to finish second in the division, uh, but you're going to end up playing Philadelphia on the road in the playoffs, they'd be like – well, let's get it on. Yeah. Now, if you told them, hey, you did finish in this place in the playoffs, and now you got to go to San Francisco uh, for a playoff game, they would probably have that. Now, nah, they wouldn't say it publicly, but if you had some cameras filming, y'all remember how Michigan looked when they found out they was playing Alabama? <laughs> Everybody in the room went, oh. oh they're like, fuck. Damn. I mean, yeah, it's not like yeah. they're not going to prepare and they're yeah. not going to get ready and they're not going to try, but the whole attitude is just different. And so they don't give a I, – I, this is just me. They don't give a damn about Philadelphia. No, they not that Philadelphia's not good. Not that Philadelphia's not capable of beating you. Not that Philadelphia is a really good team. But they just, they just have no fear of Philadelphia. they like, let's strap it up. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, may the best man win if we don't make yeah. mistakes. And quiet as it's kept – this is just one man's opinion. It's just your boy. I think right now, and I'm not just basing this off this game. I think right now they're probably a little bit better than Philadelphia. Um, and I say that because I think their offense is better than Philadelphia's offense. And I think their defense is uh, overall better than Philadelphia's defense as we speak right now. Man, um, man you know – the the funny thing about that is, is we talk about how the landscape of football changes over you know couple couple two or three weeks. One bad whooping by the Forty ers changed the whole perspective of your team because before we was all uh, before they got to the Forty ers we was all like the, the Eagles just find a way to win. They just clutch. They find a way to win. The Forty ers kicked the crap out of them, and we go, man, they. Are they really that good? Or was they barely was they clutch or was they barely winning? You know what I'm saying? Right, it, right, it's, right. It's, it's, no. it's a fine line with that. You know, are you clutched or do you barely win? Well, I'm saying, yeah, no, I think you make a good point because the the name of the game is to be clutch and to win. By however way you win, you're still winning. Um, but there's also that, and I used to argue with players forever. Back in the mid nineties, when the cow excuse me, when the Cowboys were really good, because and Jalen Hurts actually talks about this all the time. You're not playing to the score when you reach a certain level of of performance of you know team level. You're playing to your standard, and I used to argue with the Cowboys all the time, like dog, y'all are winning, but you're not playing to the standard that you set. But because you have a lot of confidence and because you know how to make a play at winning time, you're winning. But I don't know if you're playing, you know, at the championship level that you had been. And so which I think which Cowboy try- team was that? 
was was that 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 could have no, been was, Jimmy's uh, team, could probably Barry's team. Yeah, it was Barry's know. team. Yeah, it see. was really the '97 team. Yeah, it was still uh, because good because they yeah. started. Well, but see, they started off three and one. And I remember this conversation with the, with a, with one player. He was like, "We three and one, man. What you want? We winning." Da, 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 da. And that's when I was like, "Dog, I'm not arguing that you winning, but y'all don't really look the same." And that's the team that ended up six and five, and then lost their last six games, and ended up six and ten. Um, lost the last five games, and ended up six and ten, and started the. I mean, that was the end of the run right there. Right. Um, and I'm not so. And I'm not saying Philadelphia is that. I'm just saying. Philadelphia's been winning, but if we if we because I said Dallas is better right now, and it's based on the fact that the Cowboys right now and they get this is the start of their gauntlet. Um, they seem to be peaking and playing their best football right now uh, in all three phases, and so they got a stiff test next week with Buffalo, and Buffalo's kind of team you could play well and lose. Um, you know, and I, I'm actually going to Buffalo next week because uh, most of y'all know my dad's a season ticket holder. Uh, and so with Dallas, with the Cowboys going up there, I told him I'd bring me and my son would go up there and hang out with him uh, for the week. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. You know, so I'm interested if the weather is good, and it's Buffalo in December, so he ain't promised good weather. And when I say good weather, I just mean a crisp day where it's not a foot of snow. And the wind is not 25 miles an hour, so that you can play regular football. Uh, that'll be a good game. And then uh, they got Miami on Christmas Eve. That'll be a tough game. And then Detroit seems to me like they fade. Uh, but they may be desperate to get some kind of uh, playoff thing because they got two games with the Vikings uh, to kind of end their season in this last month. And that will determine, you know, whether their great start will end great or be like, what the hell happened to the Lions? Uh, because they got – What's the word you've been using? Molly Wop. Molly Wop. By, 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 by the Bears. By the Bears today, which had my sister dancing in the streets because she's a huge Bears fan. Well, Justin Fields, man, he did his thing today. All the criticism and the bad offense play call. I know that's your homeboy up there coaching him, but all of that stuff, he's still doing his thing. Good for Justin. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, 33-13 win over Philadelphia. Puts them in first place in the NFC East right now because they got a better division record. Each team is 10-3. and three. Um, The interesting thing is if Philadelphia wins out, and I think that they will because they got Seattle, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Giants to end the season. It's hard for me to envision them losing any of those games. Uh, the only game that they, pro- that they really have any shot to lose, well, let me put it like this. Their percentage of winning, based on the JJT winning percentage uh, algorithm, is 99.9% against the Giants, 99.9% against the Cardinals, 99.9% against the Giants again. And they have a 89.9% chance to beat Seattle up in Seattle, which is the only reason it's not 99.9%. Uh, and Geno Smith took this week off to give his elbow a rest, and uh, hopefully he will have a shot, if you're a Cowboys fan, to play next week with a rested elbow and maybe the 12th man in Seattle that can capture something and beat the Eagles. Uh, I don't think they will, uh, but, you know, the Eagles have lost two straight and took two butt kickings, 
And so, um, you know, perhaps a little bit of their cloak of invincibility has been ripped off and Seattle uh, can do a little something. Again, I don't think they will, but there's always a puncher's chance. That being said, I don't really think – I think three and one during this four-game gauntlet for Dallas, which is Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, I think three and one would be a fantastic record. Um, and then they can decide whether they need to play against Washington. I think under McCarthy they've usually played the last game as though it were a real game. And so if you don't win a division, Doug, and you end up 13-4, and four, I can't really say nothing, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like, I mean, what you, I mean, I can't say anything. And I'm not going to bitch about the Cardinals' loss because I'm like, dog, everybody loses to a raggedy Rudy Poot team. We sitting up here trying to figure out how did Philadelphia lose to the Jets? I mean, it happens. It's the NFL. There's one or two times a year where you don't come to play for whatever reason, and the other team gets you. Um, but, you know, if you go 13-4, and four, man, I mean, it is what it is. It's a hell of a year, and you're just going to have to take your butt, go beat the NFC South champion like a drum on the road. And then um, I think this is a better team than last year's team. And then, you know, roll your dice and see what happens wherever you end up at. Um, and check this out. This is a very quick exit ramp. Check this out. I'm not sure... I want to make sure I say this properly. Like, if the Cowboys can continue to play at the level that they're playing, I wouldn't even mind them going to San Francisco. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about, man? They get their ass kicked by the 49. Well, I understand that. But I would say I wouldn't even mind it if they, if they continue to play this way that they're playing. Why? The offense that they got right now, dog, is not the offense that they took to San Francisco the first time. And so – you know, you hope that um, with a better offense, um, it'll give your defense a little bit of relief and you can give them a better game or at least apply some pressure to them and make them play, you know, without without a 20-point lead feel like the whole game. So that's just my quick thought on that. Um, let's get back to this game, man. It was, it was a huge uh, win for the Cowboys, 33-13. They jumped on, on them early. Uh, dude, I thought they played terrific on offense. I thought that... I thought the defense was just a – now, this is going to sound weird considering they ain't giving no touchdowns. I thought the def, the run defense was a little shady, but um, they kept making plays whenever they needed to make plays. Because remember the last time, dog, they fumbled three times and the Cowboys didn't get none of them. They fumbled three times tonight, Cowboys scooped up every one of them. That's kind of the bounce of the ball. Uh, Dak, to me, was uh, really good. 24-39, 271, two touchdowns. Uh, to my untrained eye, didn't make a lot of poor decisions. Had three completions of more than 30 yards uh, and did a little bit with his feet. And if they hadn't had some of those damn penalties, man, this might have been a blowout a lot sooner, you think? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to make a slight correction. The Eagles yes, didn't fumble three times. They were stripped three times. This is true. Oh, this is yeah. True. That, 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 that was some defensive playmaking. Man, that, that that right there was awesome. That was awesome. Um, on offense, I thought uh, it was wonderful to see Dak go deep to short a couple of times. You know, even though they was playing too deep, he was like, I'm looking up there anyway. 
And instead of forcing that thing, I almost text you on that first drive. I think he threw three checkdowns. To Tony Pollard for yeah, like 24 like, yards or something hell, like that. Hell yeah. I was like, okay. But it was that deep to short where he was looking. You know, when you see that quarterback face mask tilt up, you know he looking deep. Are right. you giving the impression he looking deep? Right. Well, them, the Eagles bought it, and he was throwing it. You know, he was throwing it crossing routes. He was throwing check down, and I liked that because he came back to it. He was like, all right, I'm going to get y'all to pay attention to this stuff in front of y'all, and then we finna throw it by y'all. Well, look at—I mean, look at that. They had four first downs on the first drive, and what you're talking about is they—they they threw it to Tony Pollard for six on the first play, then they threw it to him for three on the next play. Yep. Uh, and then on third and one, right off the bat, we see this with Ceedee Lamb a lot. We see it occasionally with Turpin, but usually not this early in the game. Turpin goes around in on in the round for 22, and then Pollard powers for 11, and uh, you know, and then uh, I think Pollard caught another pass at the end, uh, second and ten from twenty one. He, he, he got a nice pass in the short in the flat and went to the uh, to the uh, eight yards. Oh, Turpin! Turpin blazed around the end oh, for yeah. twenty for twenty two. I'm I'm not the writer in this in this conversation, but <laughs> let me let me put the proper context on it. That was like the fastest twenty two yards you're gonna see in a long time. For a minute, I thought he was finna take it to the house. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It looked like it, boy. Boom. He was. I mean, he. I mean, he played. I mean, that boy is quick, quick. And then uh, the tone was set, man, because Philadelphia went right back. Because I'm like, damn, Cowboys off to a seven nothing start. You know, let's see if they can, if the defense can match what the offense did. Uh, but the defense, uh, you know, Philadelphia went first down, second down, first down, first down, second down, first down, second down, second down, and then finally, even on third sixteen. They hit a 30-yard pass, and you're like, here we go. <laughs> but um, uh, your boy, Donovan Wilson, who has not done much this year, I think he's had an average year at best, uh, but showed up, hit Jalen Hurts, and uh, made him fumble. Yep. Cowboys recover. Oh, he, just pun- like he punched it out. Oh, yeah. Yes, no, sir. He- no, he made the play. And, matter of fact, I put it on Twitter, I said – Real talk. He hadn't really done much this whole year in part because I think he was hurt in training camp. Yep. And he just never found a rhythm. Uh, but uh, even though he hadn't done much, he made a big play right then. Uh, Cowboys drive for a field goal, and they're up 10 nothing. And I'm like, this is the way the Cowboys like to play. And even when, it, when Philadelphia got, uh, got the ball the next time, uh, they drove – all the way to the Dallas 34, but then they couldn't, they couldn't finish the drive. Had to settle for a field goal. And I was like, we sitting here right in at the start of the third, second quarter, and they got a chance to put them away in a lot of cases and really control the game if they can go up 17-3. And that's, uh, that's exactly what they did. And uh, your boy, Mike McCarthy, he was aggressive from the start, man. Even on that drive, the Cowboys went first down, second down, first down, second down, first down, second down, first down, second down. Uh, and what that means is you're in a good tempo, you're in a good rhythm, you're moving the balls, your plays are all successful because you're not even getting in the third down. Uh, and, hey, check this out, though. On second and one for the Philadelphia one, Edoga remembered to report as eligible. Even though it was pass, was <laughs> There you go. It's the little stuff. <laughs> um, and I was interested about that drive because 
The pass to Ferguson, which is what you're supposed to do. I remember I used to bitch for years that the Cowboys never did this. If you run play action, you're supposed to do it on second down. And it worked. It was just a really good play by the linebacker who uh, hit his hand and knocked the ball out. Uh, and then they got it. Uh, did you think he was in? Rigo Dotto was in uh, after you looked at the replays? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was in. I mean, yeah. it's, it's always they always calling that stuff by hair anyway. But, yeah, it, sometimes they get ridiculous with that stuff. He, I thought he was in from the get-go. Yeah, well, that gave it, that made it 17-3. Uh, Philadelphia uh, drives for yet another field goal when the drive stalls. But the drive stalled at 26, Doc. Like, as I'm sitting here thinking about it off the top of my head, I don't know if Philadelphia got in the red zone today. No. No, I mean, they didn't. I can, I can go back and check the stats right quick, but I don't think they got in the red zone today. Uh, red zone efficiency, 0 for 1 for Philadelphia. So that's a terrific defensive performance, even though at times it didn't look like it. And I say that just because they were moving the ball, but then they fumbled at the end. But that drive at the end of the first half, man, where the Cowboys get the ball with a minute 48 left at their own 25, and uh, they end up with a touchdown on a, you know, on a, on a uh, touchdown pass to Michael Gallup. That, to me, was, uh, that was a wrap right there. Uh, 24-6, unless you help them, you're not coming back in Dallas on that particular play, on that particular uh, scenario, because the Cowboys' offense is too good at home. And um, I just didn't see it happening. Uh, big play in that drive, though, man. Had you ever seen that? The pass interference face mask double-double. No, nah, that's a lot of new stuff. The horse, the horse collar <laughs> pass interference or whatever that they had a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they doubling up, man. They doing some, some different stuff out there. We're seeing a lot of new stuff from them officials this year. Yeah, but that play happened on third and sixth. It gave Dallas the first down. That drive ends with a touchdown, and they go up 24-6. Never really threatened. Um, the defenses for both teams played a lot better in the second half. And uh, the Cowboys end up 33-14 winners over the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, man, 18-27, um, 197 yards, but he was mostly pretty quiet. This run defense, I couldn't really figure it out tonight. It looked like DeAndre Swift did better than 11 for 39. Mm, the, Cowboys, the Cowboys gave up stuff, but they they corrected. They, they they would give it up, and then they would correct a lot of stuff because um, the the one time that I was I was sitting there going, all they got to do is stay in their lanes against Jalen Hurts. And right. the, the one time that he got outside that I saw, he got outside a couple of times, but the one side when he hit the 30-yarder across the middle, and the defensive end took a bad angle. He came straight down instead of coming, staying in his lane, coming up straight in the field, in, in straight up right. field and containing him. And he just kind of looped outside. And you know what? They corrected that. They corrected. No, no matter what they did the rest of the game, they kept contained on him. Yeah, I mean, because he didn't – I mean, he had five for 30, but he was not a difference maker on the ground. Um, no, I'm this talking about rolling the – I'm talking about rolling, oh, ro- rolling the throw. That's what I mean. He he had a thirty yarder across the middle where he got outside the brush right. to his right, and he threw it back across the middle. But what I was saying is they contained him again with the with the pass rush. After that, they corrected it in the whole game. He he more dangerous because he threatened to run, and then when he scrambled the throw, he pretty good too. But they contained him really well. 
They also contained A.J. Brown. Oh. Now, he had oh. nine for 94. Oh, please, let's talk about that. Oh, we're going to get to that. Yes. But uh, uh, we're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, but they contained him, nine for 94. If you if you watch the game, you'd be like, yeah, we'll take that. Because uh, he didn't get a lot of run after catch. He only hit him for, I think, one big play. And uh, overall, they just did a terrific job, man. Uh, they did a good job of tackling the night. Uh, and I, I know you you just want to talk about Stephon Gilmore, and we're going to get to him in a minute because uh, he was worth every bit of that fifth-round pick that they gave up today. Uh, but first, though, we got to talk about your MVP, man. The way to the MVP is what we saw tonight. National TV audience, blowout win for the Cowboys, Dak, who said he didn't really play as well as he thought he should have. 271 yards, two touchdowns. I don't even mind the three sacks, although one of them turned into a, uh, a touchdown. It's because uh, he seemed in control. Not a lot of, not a lot of interceptable passes today. Uh, not a lot of passes thrown in the traffic. And he made, as he does usually once or twice a game, a couple of throws that just made you say, damn. Uh, but he was in complete control, man, and he was masterful on offense in the first half when the game was uh, decided. Um, well, how you feeling about Dak these days? Well, I don't. I know everybody talking to MVP, but I think he's gonna get robbed because you know I think it's probably gonna be Brock Purdy. But that dude, he's just balling out, man. He's just balling out. I mean. That's what I, I mean. I don't, I don't mean to be simple, but that's just he's just balling out. That's what you want to do. You want to be the reason that we win, not the reason we lose. That's just the, that's just the lowest expectation. Yeah. But that dude, I mean, when you say you don't want to be the reason we lose, that's the lowest expectation. But when you say MVP, you want to be the reason we win. You know, your contribution make us a good team. That's what make him an MVP, especially on our team. You know. Versus the whole league, you know, but I, I think he, I think he balling out, man. It's just, it's just amazing. No, I think, uh, I think the thing is, he seems like he's in complete control of the offense. Um, like he understands everything. Like, and you know, I talked to, uh, I think I told y'all this on Whispers from the Star the other day. I talked to uh, Demarcus Lawrence, and at one point I said, "Dog, you sound like a quarterback." I said, "Has the game slowed down for you? And it's like you're in the Matrix." He's like, exactly. And to me, that's kind of how it feels right now for Dak. Like, he understands exactly what he wants to do. And because he understands exactly what he wants to do with the personnel that he's got and the plays at his disposal, that when you draw the defense up, he's seeing it. And he's like, oh, okay. This is what y'all trying to do? Get me with Ha, <laughs> ha. Here's my answer to this. And he's in such sync with McCarthy as the play caller that the game seems easy for him right now. And it's and I'm talking about easy mentally, which means physically, all you have to do is execute. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen Dak move around like that. It's almost like uh, it's almost like he better under duress a little bit. You know what I'm saying? When you when he got to move a little bit and. And, and and when he dropped back and just throw the ball, uh, he good. But when he got to move a little bit and, and scramble a little bit because he know they ain't blocking, 
you know, as, as well as they should. It's like when he got to improvise, he is on point. Yeah, I think, um, now check this out, I think there's some truth to that. But I, I also think that that because he made that concerted effort, effort to use his legs more, to be more mobile after San Francisco, it's just working out. Like he's, I mean, this ain't complicated. I ain't breaking no news here. It's like we talk all the time. Remember early in the year, he was like very robotic in terms of I got to get my feet to the play, blase, blase. Yep. Now, I think he's just playing football, but he's incorporating those things. So you saw him a couple times tonight. Okay, my first two reads eight day, I'm out and I'm gone. And let me see if I can make something on my way. And so uh, that's what I mean when I say he's in complete control of the offense. Yeah, when he you look- started that in the Charger game, I think. That's when he started really – that when I was saying he was playing flag football. Yeah. You know, he just started it's, it's, dropping, dropping, moving, sliding. Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just it's like controlled chaos now. Yeah. And so that to me is helping the offense. And then you look at the pass distribution. C D Lamb with ten, Jay Ferguson with eight, uh Brandon Cooks with five. This week, I was a little surprised Michael Gallup got five receptions, but that that catch, he made a couple of sensational catches today. Uh, the one he stretched out for for thirty nine yards that was that was an amazing catch, uh, you know. So he uh, he had another one where he came back and made a nice catch along the sideline, and you know he's kind of an afterthought now because we think more about Cooks and uh, your boy Jake Ferguson continues to just you know. Hey, Jake gonna be Jake, man. <laughs> he, he gonna throw the hurdle in every week Jake, now. Jake gonna be Jake. Uh, and dude, that grab he made on that thirty-two yard run, where he snatched it with his hands, mm-hmm. and then broke a couple tackles. Uh, the throw, the throw with somebody in Dak's face. He threw dude. that thing on the blitz, and somebody in his face. He threw that thing like that. Now y'all know I don't really get caught up in the hype, but the quarterback is playing some outstanding football right now. It's a quarterback's league. If your quarterback is balling, you got a chance to do things. It's, it's just that simple because if he's not, and we've seen it all around the league, you just can only do so much. Um, but these Dallas Cowboys, the offense, to me, in a really good spot. And see, to me, I, duh, like for three quarters of the game, Rico Dottle had more carries than Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard didn't pass him to them last couple drives when they were what? Running to shut, to close out That's the right. game. That's right. Running while they're here. Yep. And uh, I thought it was interesting, man, because I had no problem with this at all. It's called using your personnel in the best way. Tony Pollard, seven catches, 37 yards. That might not sound like a lot. All of those plays were positive, though, whether they were four or five yards or eight or nine yards. They were all positive. Uh, So he ends up with uh, 23 touches for uh, 96 yards. Ain't nothing wrong with that, though. Nothing wrong with that. I think Tony has changed his style. Tony is yeah. going downhill in one cut now. Yeah. He is down. I mean, he hits that hole like 9,000. Boom. Uh, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's that crazy. Sounds like a, that sounds like a question for Tony on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, but he has to it's, be. It's obvious, man. It's just, you know, it's like he's not waiting, waiting, waiting to go boom. I mean, when he get the ball, he hitting that thing harder than he ever hit it. And that may that may be why it looks like he got more juice now. Because I was looking at him today, and it seemed like he was just a tackle away from breaking it two or three times. Yep, decisions. You know, there's a part of it is mental too. 
that one cut is, is, is it is what it is. One cut, and I'm and I'm banging this thing. I'm 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 running hard as I can through whatever they give me. Traffic, everything. Yeah, Man, he's, he's finishing like runs that. a lot stronger. Yep. Yeah, he just yep. the last three. And see, this goes back to my original point when I say. I think that they're better than Philadelphia now. I wouldn't have, and what do I say all the time? Sports is fluid. It was true today, might not be true a month from now. And so a month from now, I wouldn't have said they were better than Philadelphia. But the offense has continued to get better. They have found, you know, like Jake Ferguson, who we've seen the last two or three weeks, he looks better than Jake Ferguson that we saw the first two or three weeks of the season. Yeah, he was trying to do too much. Remember a couple against the Giants, he had a perfect pass. He was scored. He he was trying to run before the catch, you know. Yeah. He always thought if he settled down, he's going to be cold. But right. and now he's going to settle down. Think about it. Brandon Cooks, early in the year, first four or five weeks. Yep. Is the, the Brandon Cooks who's involved in the offense right now much different player than Brandon Cooks you saw the first four or five weeks? Biggest play he had was the passing interference against the Cardinals. Yeah. In the first four weeks, yep. Now he's pretty much making a play a week. And he's not going to cause no trouble. Remember that. He, not, <laughs> he said, I'm not causing no – look, I'm not complaining. I want y'all to know I'm not complaining. Nah. And so, uh, you know, so those guys are better. Even C.D. Lamb is what? He's a better player now than he was early in the year because they were like, oh, we got this weapon. We probably should use it. And, and he wasn't mad early in the year. There was I was reading his body. We was reading his body language wrong. Nah, I'm gonna call, call BS on that. You know, I'm being facetious right now, but that, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was mad, but he happy now. Yeah, so, he's thrilled. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the result of all of that is why I say this is a better team now than it was early in the year. Sure. And that's why they handled Philadelphia today. And you know, Philadelphia's still a really good team, but they got just like the Cowboys had to question themselves. Yep. After that San Francisco loss and after they lost to Philly, even though it was close, they're like, well, damn. Philadelphia's going, I know we're good, but damn, we done got waxed two weeks in a row. Um, we need to find ourselves, fellas. We need to do a little soul searching because uh, we done been waxed. Uh, no doubters. I mean, you know, and, and that takes some idea. And so, you know, and now the Cowboys don't have to deal with that silly ass question anymore of what? Y'all ain't be nobody with a winning record, man. You know, because they just, what's your word? Molly whopped the team that had the uh, best record in the NFC. Uh, they beat another team last week that had a winning record until the Cowboys beat them, and that made them 500. So, Well, you're going to find out what kind of team spirit, I mean, team spirit, team chemistry that Philadelphia got, how good their leaders are. Go organization's good, but now you're going to find out the very fabric of their team right now. After you done took two losses like that, and um, you don't look good, you ain't happy on national TV, we'll see. Are they going to go in the tank? Are they, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. It's a, well, it's a, it's a kind of a hangover when you when you thought you was the best team in the league. You get, you get, you get some after effects of that. When you yeah. thought you was the best and you, lost, you dropped two like that. Well, I think, I really do think, um, that you know the the game against Buffalo, the game against Kansas City, uh, the game against San Francisco, dude. It's I mean it's hard to get up every single week. Yeah. Even though this is Dallas, even though this is your divisional opponent, you can try to get up as much as you want to, and it's just hard sometimes to emotionally 
get yourself to that place. Whereas Dallas, what I said, Dallas was the more desperate team. They needed to win it. Philadelphia was like, oh, it'd be nice if we won. It really would be. But they didn't need to win. Cowboys needed to win. And they played with that little extra edge that Philadelphia didn't have, and that's why they ended up whooping their ass. Well, I'm a Cowboy fan. I hope they're fighting on the plane. That's what I hope. I hope they're mad. I've uh, seen a lot of mad people. A.J. Brown slanging his helmet. I like A.J. Brown, that. man. <coughs> he was mad. I like A.J. Brown, man. He, he was mad the whole game. And uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, before we get into Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, quit teasing, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, man. No, nah, okay. this way it go. All right. Go uh, we got to talk about one more thing. Before we get into Gilmore, cause I, I want to let you be able to talk about Gilmore as long as you want to. Uh, but first, uh, I got to tell you about, I tried to get it to him this week, y'all. I really did. Oh, we got to quit with that. I, I did. I did. Oh. Man's schedule was too tight. Couldn't, couldn't make it fit. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a little tight because I'm going out of town this week. We're going to talk about Smokey John's Barbecue. Now, Newey Scruggs came up to me last week and said, Hey, Smokey John's, what do you know about it? And I said, dog, come on now. Are you playing? He said, no. Nah. I read something about it. I heard it was really good. I said, dog, it's good. And then I think I told y'all this. I said, and when you get there, you got to order the jam session bowl off the secret menu. And he said, what's that? And I said, dog, they named it after my old show I did with Matt McLaren. He said, really? I said, yeah, dog. It's a jam session bowl, man. I said, he said, what is it? I said, dog, check this out. I said, just like that. Because, I mean, he's the new dog. New East Rugs, new dog. And I said, hey, dog, just like this. Uh, they put a mac and cheese in it. In this bowl, it's a black bowl, and then either that or they put mashed potatoes in it, man. And then you get two out of five smoked meats is your choice. Uh, I usually go with the brisket and the sausage, but, I mean, you, you can choose chicken, turkey. I mean, it's whatever. I said, but then the fun part starts, man. All the stuff you see on the loaded baked potato, you know, bacon bits and cheese and chives and sour cream, butter, all that stuff, man. They put it on top of the, on top of the meat. And then, man, they either drench it with sauce or they drizzle it with sauce. And then you pick up a fork or a spoon and go to work. I mean, if you got a little shorty, and now his daughter's like 12, his youngest one, who ride, that's his road dog. Uh, you know, both of y'all can take part and take a little home. Uh, but it's great. Jam Session Bowl, something you, you need to live for. It's to live for. Uh, it's love in your mouth. It's fantastic. Uh, it really is, no cap. I mean, it's it's terrific. <laughs> I haven't had one in about two months, and so I'm I'm due. I've been trying to get with Joe's schedule, but we ain't been able to make it happen yet. Uh, now he's sitting up here frowning at me through the through the cyberspace. I can feel it. Not really. Eyes staring deep, I, burning holes into me. I have to carry the frown. See, it's just this is the kind of poop I have to put up with on a regular basis. Um, but if you want Smokey Johns immediately. Or sooner, you can go to the website, SmokeyJohns.com, click on the marketplace. You can get the rub or the sauce delivered to your home. Makes a great stocking stuffer. Real talk, it does. Put that sauce in somebody's stocking, they will love you for a year, for the next year. Um, or you can go to HEB, pick up the rub, especially in Frisco. Boom, it's done. Smokey John's Barbecue, food is to live for. It's love in your mouth. Try some. Before we get to your boy, I'm just going to run this past. This is a very quick exit ramp. I ain't never seen a kicker like Brandon Aubrey, dog. 
when you were saying MVP, I thought I thought you was going to talk about Brandon Aubrey. No, we're going to talk about we finna talk no. about the defense. No, I'm that. talking about no. Oh. You asked me, let's talk about the MVP. I thought, oh, Brandon Aubrey. Then you said the Dak. Yeah, Dak is oh. obviously the MVP. But damn, this dude is unreal. Like, cause even at the at the juncture of the game that they tried it, I was like, damn, Mike, sixty yards. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if he don't get it, yeah. dog, I mean, you basically putting him in position to score right off the rip. Let me, let me tell you how that conversation went in my house. Let's oh, start yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With, with, with me and my wife sitting there watching the game. I said, why they keep testing this dude gangster? <laughs> Man, he just said, I don't kick another deep one. My, my wife said, oh, oh, Aubrey. Man, they just they just they just put you in there and they just make you do anything. I said <laughs> Right, right, right. I said, yeah. So my boy, yeah, he yeah, it's crazy because it's like I ah, don't worry about it. It's Brandon. Go and kick that thing. You know. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, um so now man, it was uh he so he he trots out there for a sixty yard field goal. Sixty one. In the first the official stats say sixty. All right. In the uh, in the in the uh, in the first quarter, and I'm just like shaking my head, going, "I guess, man." Yeah. And then he hit that thing by five yards. It wasn't even close. I mean, he drilled that thing right down the middle, and I was like, "Oh snap, Aubrey!" And so later on, in the third quarter. They line is it's uh it's twenty four thirteen. The game's become a little tenuous because of the uh, fumble return by Jalen Carter for a touchdown. And they line him up for forty for fifty nine, and I'm the same way, dog. I'm like, dude, if you don't hit this, they got the ball in position to go score. You know, in the third quarter, make it twenty four twenty, and now you know everybody's sack is tight. And instead, he ripped that one, and so. You know, man, I got nothing but respect for Brandon Aubrey. He's the first kicker in NFL history to make two 59 yards or longer in the same game. Uh, I need to look up the final stats, but he has not missed the field goal as a member of your Dallas Cowboys. 60, 59, 45, and 50 today. They're all straight down the middle. What a freaking weapon. The first kicker to do what? Kick two 59-yard field goals? In the same game. Man, I would have thought that would have been Justin Tucker a long time ago. Well, most of, remember, most of the time they're just not going to let you attempt them right. in the same game because right. if you don't get it, it's so punitive because they get the ball basically at midfield almost. Right. And two, two first downs and they in field goal range, uh, you know, or you know, able to score points. So uh, Brandon Aubrey, all his kickoffs went for touchbacks. He hit the crossbar. Uh, duh. He's right now, <laughs> for whatever it's worth – uh, he's got to be the all-pro kicker right I've, now. I've never seen that. A kicker, a kicker hit the damn crossbar nah, on the kickoff. A, I ain't never seen that. Dude, ever. Have you ever seen somebody look so nervous in a post-game interview on TV either? Yeah. He was, was, uh, he, he was clicheing <laughs> it up, wasn't he? I just take it one kick at a time. I just focus on what I got to do. I just want to get the hell out of here. Can I leave now? Please, yeah. it was Dak, Stephon Gilmore, and Brandon Aubrey. Yeah, and uh, it was a uh, it was a uh, sensational. But uh, Brandon Aubrey, real weapon. And uh, when he hit that sixty yarder, did you see the fist pump that your boy McCarthy had? Yeah. Now, real talk, I'm sure that they let him do that because during pregame warmups, guys attempt kicks 
and before the game starts, the coach will usually ask the special teams coach, or he'll ask the kicker, "Where you feel good from today? What's your what's your what's your max?" And I'm sure uh, your boy Aubrey told him, "Hey, we in the dome. There's no wind. I'm feeling good. I got you at 60, 61 today. No problem." And uh, then when the opportunity came up, he delivered. So kudos for Brandon Aubrey. Uh, fantastic performance. Some of uh, them. Some of them decisions might have been based on them post-op meds that Mike was on. I don't know. <laughs> you know, let's go on kick it. Let's go for it on four. Ah, you know what? Ain't no big deal, man. I, you know, I feel pretty go good. wrong, I'm going to blame it on the meds. Hey, man, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, now let's get to your favorite subject today. I have just learned some inside information from my boy Patrick. No C. Make sure you get that. No C. Walker uh, of DallasCowboys.com. He tweeted out, A.J. Brown called Stephon Gilmore old per Gilmore. Probably shouldn't have poked that bear. Oh, no. (laughs) You know, I will tell you that that's that's greatness right there because I was thinking, man, what what who pissed him off because <laughs> he was playing pissed off. I knew he was a dog because when uh he shut down Amari Cooper in New right. England, I mean he was slanging Amari Cooper to the ground so he can handle big receivers, but he was playing mad. Duh, he was playing with an edge. He was playing yeah. with an attitude yeah. today. And it's kind of nuanced because let me tell y'all something, man. Stefan Gilmore is uh and I'm not just saying this because I've said this about a few people. He's one of my favorite people to talk to in the locker room. Uh, real good, real cool dude, real laid back. Um, but clearly, he got some dog in him. And uh, I'll be interested to see. Like, and, and uh, like, I don't know. I haven't talked to him about religion. Uh, but I was going to because he's got, I want to say he's got a tattoo of uh, Jesus on one peck. And maybe a cross or something on the other peck. And then he wears an earring. There's a cross. <clears throat> and so clearly, uh, you know, God's important to him. Uh, and so, I, but in the bigger picture, um, I think he's had a good year. But it seems to me, and yeah, I'm interested to see what you think. It seems to me like he's turned it up the last couple of weeks because, you know, DK Metcalf was having his way with Bland. And then they put Gilmore on him. And Metcalf, you know, it wasn't, you know, he just had a normal game after that. And today they started it off with uh, having Gilmore follow uh, Brown around. And, dude, he was making tackles. He's been very competitive. He was forcing him to make uh, contested catches. And uh, I think he ended up with nine tackles. Uh, He made a key fourth down stop on Devontae Smith. Uh, He ripped out the ball and forced a fumble. I mean, that dude played a sensational game today. Yeah, what is he about? Six one, two hundred. You know what? That's a good question, but I have it right here. Well, the reason Uh, I ask that is because he seemed like a long arm guy, but his base is so strong. The physicality he used is so strong. You know how like he kind of like CD Lamb is so skinny, but he's so damn strong. You know, and and Uh Gilmore is is probably a little more put together, but um, his Gilmore. Six foot one ninety. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is his physicality is 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 amazing because Brown is a man's man. That dude is two every bit of two hundred thirty pounds. 
you know. Yeah, he's he, uh, he's strong. And just yeah, Metcalf is Metcalf is too. But you know what? If you get in that brain, maybe you need to shut the hell up, Brown. Cause you 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 got the man mad now. He got in your mind. Cause now Brown want to fight. <laughs> Brown Brown wanted to fight. When I saw when I saw Stephon John with him, I'm like, he don't Stephon don't he not known to do that. Now he known to lock you down, beat you up. But he right, don't right, usually right. he don't usually talk like that. Dog, I can't wait to see him in the locker room Wednesday and be yeah. like, dog, what was it, what was that conversation like? Yeah, what happened? And I'm going to bring that to y'all on Whispers from the Star because yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out and ask him. Well, being an old man, he probably said, who the hell you think you oh, – um, do I look old now? How old do I look now? <laughs> huh? You think this old – you know what I'm saying? I'm old. How, how you, what you think now? You know, how that feel now? You know. I'm old, now, huh? You know, <laughs> you know what's interesting about that? Like I said, he's had a, he's had a solid year up until now. I don't think he's been spectacular. I don't think I think he's been very solid. Uh, but it's interesting to me that a guy of his stature, y'all realize this is his fourth team in four years. You know, he was at New England, then he was at Carolina, then he was at uh, Indianapolis last year, and now he's in Dallas. Uh, so New what, New England, Carolina, Indianapolis. Well, when you play with garbage. You know, and you ain't garbage. You need to move on. If, right, right. if you about winning, you know. Now, here's something else interesting. This is his uh, 12th year in the National Football League. He's had an interception every one of his 12 years. How about that? Yeah, I'm surprised by that. What is it? Because usually good corners don't get thrown at. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have, relatively speaking, he doesn't have a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised. I mean, he, I'm, I'm sure he got a ton of breakups. But I'm saying usually a guy like him, you ain't trying to mess with him. You know, in his prime anyway. No, in his prime you ain't mess with him. The year he won the uh, defense play of the year, he had six six uh, interceptions, two touchdowns, 20 pl- pass deflections. Yep. Yep. That's if, uh, you, but, dare, if you dare throw over there. Yeah. Right. But uh, he was terrific. What do you think overall about the Cowboys' defense? Because, again, it looked weird to me because Philadelphia moved the ball, but the, uh, the turnovers just kept stopping them. Uh, Playmaking, like we talked about, punching the ball out, you know, making plays, man. You know, you ain't always got to pick it off to make a play. And I, I love – when I played, I love stripping the ball. Right. Sometimes I let the tight end drag across the middle, especially if he was good, <laughs> just to right. get the point of that football and rip it out of there. So um, um, I was glad to see them force turnovers, and then I thought they adjusted really well. You know, they didn't let things get out of hand. When Just when you thought the running game was going to be a problem, it wasn't. And then when Hankins went out, and I hopefully he'd be okay. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Yeah, he went out with a right ankle injury. Yeah, because I know they put the camera on Maisie a couple times, and you can see where – he was doing the read and react thing where they was firing it off and then he was kind of catching guys a little bit. You want to see him rip into somebody, you know. you know. But right. I don't know. I thought the defense adjusted real well. I thought uh, especially like what we talk about all the time, it was complimentary football where Mike, didn't, Mike the offensive side of the ball didn't put him in the hole. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was – I thought they adjusted and Philadelphia kind of became one-dimensional. Then that's when the playmaker started. They punching the ball out them guys' hands. And just it was just I thought it was a good performance tonight. 
Um, you know who else showed up today was uh, Donovan Wilson. I've been yeah. just a little bit critical of him. And, again, I think uh, he was hurt by missing camp with uh, that injury that he had. He was on the pup list. So, you know, training camp matters, man. I know players complain about it, but yeah. it matters. Yeah. Uh, he's popped up the last couple of weeks. And so, again, when we're talking about are you peaking at the right time, maybe Donovan Lewis is just now kind of finding his stride. Donovan, Donovan Wilson. Wilson, yeah. Donovan Lewis is my boy on the ticket. <laughs> uh, maybe he's just now finding his stride and getting comfortable and, you know, he'll end up uh, being the guy that we saw the last year who's like the human missile. Well, you know what helped him? Is that uh, uh, fourteen Bell is playing line more linebacker now, right? So the rotation is is uh, what's my man uh, 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 Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker, yeah, uh, zero. I mean number one, Jaron Curse, Javon Curse, and him. Right, that's that rotation right there. Now Bell was playing safety; he might be the missing man, but Bell playing more linebacker now, and then he getting healthier now. And them, 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 them fellas wasn't they wasn't nervous. It wasn't like the forty nine er game where everybody, like you said, what you find out, everybody trying to play hero ball. They played team ball right. today because on the play that the Devonte Smith got stripped, Malik Hooker hit him low, and your boy Bell came over the top. That teamwork at its finest. Came right. over the top, punched that thing out, and it was all good. This man. You know, uh, they pressured Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. uh, even though they only got one sack. It was a good case of. Good indication of how pressure worked. And they only hit him twice. Stay but they in was your around lane. him. Yep, stay in your lane on the pass rush against somebody like that. You got to do the thing, same thing against Josh Allen when they get there. Now, here's the deal. Josh Allen going to give you one now. Maybe two. <laughs> he going to give them to you now. Yeah, yeah. You got to catch him, yeah. and you got to do something with him. You talking about two picks? Yeah, he going to give you one or two. Okay. He going to give you one for sure. It doesn't matter whether you get two. But yeah. you're getting one for sure. No no questions asked. Uh, it's going to be a good test for the Cowboys. Uh, but uh, they, they, are in, they are entitled to enjoy tonight's win. 33-13 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I said, their sixth win of 20 points or more at the crib. Uh, it was a well-played game by them offensively, defensively. Uh, special teams with Brandon Aubrey. Uh, they were nine of sixteen on third downs, three hundred ninety-four yards. Uh, dude, they uh, uh, the only complaint you have is the same complaint you have every week with the Cowboys. Them damn penalties, sooner or later, will hurt you. Uh, it wrecked a couple drives today. Of this game, wouldn't even been close in the fourth quarter. Uh, well, that be- that gun bogus clip call. Yeah, uh, and you know. And then it was a penalty right after that by Biotish. But the, uh, you know, the rest are human, man. They make mistakes. You can't use excuses. You got to overcome them. But that one hurt. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be a fun week, man. Cowboys are uh, 10 and 3, technically in first place in the NFC East. So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, can't wait to see what they do against Buffalo. It's going to be a big challenge. But, man, uh, and Clarence brought up a good point the other day uh, when he was talking about, uh, and this is a good segue, uh, Mike McCarthy had appendicitis, right? 
And so um, he missed, he had surgery, missed a couple of days, and then came back. And when he walked in to the team meeting room, they were playing 50 Cent's Many Men, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But uh, Clarence made the point, and I've, I've kind of noticed it, um, that this is a team that really seems to enjoy each other and have a good time with each other. And, you know, man, chemistry is weird in, uh, in pro sports because you don't have to have a bunch of kumbaya to win games. You can hate each other, and if you got a bunch of dogs on your team, you can still win games. Uh, but when you have a certain camaraderie and guys want to fight for – they want to ride with each other, you can do some special things. And I'm not saying this team will, but they're capable of it because they had the talent. And this is just one of those years where everybody's a good dude. You don't have no selfish guys. And um, that creates an atmosphere where you can really thrive. And I think Mike McCarthy's done a good job of fostering that atmosphere. And, uh, you know, man, this uh, – you don't have any injuries – I'm going to say this. Ain't nobody's like, oh, we got the Cowboys in the playoffs. Yeah, great. This is exactly who we wanted. Well, maybe San Francisco saying that. Ain't nobody else saying that. Because uh, what they used to say, a booger bear, they're going to be a booger bear to deal with in the playoffs uh, if they continue to play at the level that they're playing. What do you think? Well, I think two things make good chemistry. Alcohol and winning. See, see, if you don't like somebody, you know, somebody rub you the wrong way, have a couple of drinks with them. Have a couple of two or three drinks with them. You might like them a little more. If if you, if you got a teammate that you don't get along with and, you know, he's an a-hole and you don't really like him, win about four or five games in a row. And y'all be damn near brothers. You know what I'm saying? That's why alcohol and winning is a cure-all sometimes. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Hey, I've been on a lot of teams. We won a lot of games, and it was some guys that I could not stand the minute we got right, off the right, field. Right. But when we hit that field, I knew he was going to win. I knew he was going to do his job, and I'm going to do my job, and I loved him for them 60 minutes. Matter of fact, we had a safety call, 40. We called him 40-ounce because his eyes was red all the time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he was pretty good. Uh, he, he, he could remember plays, and he, he, hey, when he was in the huddle, you want him to back up, but it's all good. Yeah, com- camaraderie and team love is, is, is winning. Winning is a cure-all for all of that. Uh, before we let you go, i got two good quotes uh, I want to run by and get your feeling on them. Uh, first one comes from um, Brandon Graham, defensive lineman, Philadelphia Eagles. Who did nothing today, nothing. <laughs> Which is why I find this quote interesting. Punk ass. Because remember, this is a quote he delivers in the locker room, okay? Here's the quote from Brandon Graham. Everybody is acting like the sky is falling, but we're 10 and 3 and control our destiny. It ain't going to be perfect, but it's about how we handle it together. If we see them guys again, we might see both those teams, the Niners and Cowboys again. We'll need to detail everything, and I'll make sure we do that. Uh, how you in the locker room five minutes, and you talking about everybody acting like the sky is falling? If so, guess who those? Guess who everybody is, dog? Guess who everybody is? The Eagles and the Eagles fan. No, everybody texting your phone. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely that. 
That's who it is. That's everybody. Either that or he hopped on Twitter after the game, which would have been a mistake. Um, so that's Brandon Graham. He talks uh, so much trash, though, man. He, I would have liked seeing him mic'd up during that game. I mean, that dude, he talks so much that Fletcher Cox be telling him to shut up. <laughs> that's the dude lined up next to him. Brandon, shut up. But I'm just saying, he. I would like to see what he got to say now because, he, yeah, he a trip. All right. Now, we also have a quote from uh, De- De- uh, Demarcus Lawrence. And here's Demarcus Lawrence's quote. You hit a motherfucker in the face over and over and over and over again until they quit. And when they quit, hit them again and again and again. I believe he's referring to the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought we might get through a whole show without an MF, but all right. <laughs> That's what Demarcus was. I'm trying, I'm trying to make it. You could have said I'm letting cuss word that, but go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. 12-letter cuss word. I'm sorry. 12 I'm something. I'm a little loopy. Uh, but yeah, so he was feeling good after the game uh, with his comments. Uh, I believe uh, somebody else said walking in. Wait, wait, say that a, comment. Say that not not with the cuss <coughs> word, but say the quote again because the cuss word kind of threw me off a little. But go ahead. Oh, you hit an MF in the mouth over and over again, and what? Uh, I mean, it was very basic, and now I lost it. It was, uh, I believe it was, you hit a 12-letter cuss word in the mouth. And I'm sorry, you hit a 12-letter cuss word in the face over and over and over and over again until they quit. And when they quit, hit them again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, that's DeMarcus Lawrence feeling good about the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, he told me to check back with him after the game about how they handled Lane Johnson, the terrific right tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Punched him in the mouth. Punched, got a legal, <clears throat> legal, legal face, to, hands to the face. Busted his nose. <laughs> right, that's a good. That's a that's a, that's a good fifteen yards. That's a well deserved fifteen yards right there. I ain't he, mad he at you, thing. Michael, because he wasn't Not the same man. after that. No. Nah. Uh, so huge win for your Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's doing a terrific job. Uh, he has the Cowboys in the hunt. That's what you want. Um, meaningful games in December. Big games in December. Everything you want is available for you. And, uh, you know, you don't worry about the division. You just keep winning. And everything else will work itself out. Because uh, I told you all many times. I, I, if I'm the Cowboys or I'm a Cowboys fan, I just want them playing really good going into the playoffs. Like, really good. And then, given the talent on this team, I don't really care where I play. Um, yeah, home field is fantastic. But I don't, you know, they're they not going to care where they play because they're going to beat whoever the, whoever the NFC throws at them. They're going to chew them up spit them out. And then it's going to be a matter of where they go for the divisional playoff and uh, can they strap it up and somehow get to the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1995. Amen. That's amen what to it's all, all about. Amen to all of that. Good. I tell you, we got to get the church organ in the, in the thing so you can just play the organ, man. We get up on out of here. Long so, uh, <laughs> as long as you don't preach, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get some organ music. <laughs> well, we appreciate you all. Uh, remember, uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and the Making of Men order uh, is available wherever you get your books, wherever you get them from, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, etc. 
And uh, don't forget, follow me on Twitter, JJT Journalist, because you don't. If you think you do, you don't. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review. We need it for our algorithm and for people to also understand what a great show this is and how much we appreciate you. Uh, so uh, we also always thank uh, Greening Law. This is what happens when you do the show late at night. That <laughs> brain started to get stuck in the mud. Greening Law uh, for sponsoring the show as well as Smokey John's and the Jam Session Bowl. Till we chat again, you guys be blessed.